G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And today we're catching up with African Pastor David Fatoma. How are you doing, brother? Well, thank you so much, Mark. I am really excited. This is an honor for me to be live on your show um, uh, uh, while visiting Australia for the first time. Uh, like you heard, I'm David Fatoma. I am actually from Liberia, West Africa. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually uh, born 1976. Uh, was very young when the war came, uh, when many of you heard about the civil war in Liberia. And I was very young uh, when the war uh, in the 1990s. And it was quite a, an experience for me. Um, I grew up, I was r- raised by my grandmother. I was you know, my father and mother uh, were very young when they had me, and so my grandmother took custody of me. And so, uh, you know, I grew up with her, very strict, religious, Episcopalian. And, and um, you know, I, I grew up, you sent me to school. Got The war came when I was in the seventh grade. I had just graduated elementary school and, you know, passed the seventh grade. And um, um, then the war came. Then everything, everything went down the drain. Um, everything... Just, I mean, everything just went shattered. Everything just, uh, dreams were shattered. And, I mean, life was upside down. And uh, the whole country was upside down. And so it affected everyone, including me, being a, very, being a young star. You know, I, I got affected heavily. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how I got affected during the war. So, so, so that's me right there. You know, uh, I am actually from Liberia. I'm from a place called Foyer, uh, in the North Foyer District, Lofa County. I come from the Kisi tribe. Um, yeah, so there are like 16 tribes in Liberia, and I, I'm, I'm from one of those tribes called the Kisi tribe. So that's me right there. Now, I know that you had a horrible attack uh, during this war. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us what happened. So basically, um, at the age of 17, I, I went through a, a life and death situation. It was a defining moment in my life. And I, and I think that was a time, you know, this is a time when God made a statement um, and, you know, to me that, like, I have called you. But prior to that, uh, I, I became, high, as teenagers normally are, you know, as a teenager, I became high-headed. You know, I left, like I said earlier on, I, I grew raised, raised by my grandmother, but I left home. I became very stubborn, became a wayward child, and, you know, started doing all sorts of things that you expect a teenager during that time of life. Rough, you know, became very rough. But in the midst of that, I was called by God. Um, God called me uh, through sick. I got sick, seriously. And during the war, there was no street, there was not many good medication. And, I, and I, you know, I sought treatment through a spiritual, spiritual means. There was a prophet who prayed for me, and I got healed. And when I got healed, you know, then I, then I decided to just serve God. I gave my life to Christ at that juncture, and I began to serve God. This is, I'm far away from my mother, my grandmother, who was taking custody of, taking care of me. I'm in another city, and I just decided to just, you know, move, you know, be with this man of God, this, this 
pastor that prayed for me and I got healed. He was someone that was gifted with healing and and so he you know so he prayed for me and I got healed and and I just saw the grace the goodness of God and at that juncture I decided well the best thing is to do to serve God. In the middle in in nineteen uh, in nineteen ninety three that was two years after I got saved you know then I had this encounter you know where rebels came into our came into the city where we was when we had a church. I was assisting this this pastor helping him with ministry works and and the, the rebels came into the village and into the city and we all ran into the villages all over and the village we chose to go it was in that village that rebels attacked our village uh, my, I was separated from my spiritual father he was he was in another place in town when the rebels attacked and so he he we went separate ways so some guys in the church and some decided to follow me to go in the village. So while we're in the village, we had this encounter where rebels came again to the village and decided to kill everyone. And it was at that juncture that God spared my life. You know, he spared my life from the machete. Pastor Matt, you have seen my, you have seen the scars on my, on my, on my neck. You know, I mean, I, I consider this walking through the fire, even though my book, we'll talk about it a little bit, it's after his touch, but another name for my book is walking through the fire. And, you know, that was a time when I survived, where, where all the men in the village were killed, and some, of, some other women were killed. I was the lone survivor, lone male survivor of a massacre in that village. And it only happened because I was saved. It only happened because I was born again, and I was serving God. And, and God decided to move further to tell me that I, he had a bigger calling on my life. I survived the machete. The beheading, and I survived. Uh, you know, being shot at. I was tied. The ropes got. You know, maybe you might want to, if, if you like, I will go into detail. But I, you know, I was shot, and God shielded me. It's a long story. I'm just trying to give a synopsis. Mm. Then I was, you know, and you know, then God took me into Guinea. I mean, even the bleeding would have killed me. But I walked through the forest, walked through the forest of of, of Liberia, and walked into Guinea. Even the bleeding from the neck, from the back, from my back, and all the wounds that I had would have killed me instantly. But God is a God of wonders. Yeah. Wow. So, David, you've shared about how you were attacked with a machete and nearly de- decapitated, but you know you had this massive wound in your neck and you survived. Uh, you've just shared that part of the story. Tell us what happened next. So basically, um, it was a process, you know. When when you know um, when you look at the you know when you look at the the, the stage, you know the, the stages that led to me led to me when I crossed over to Guinea um, through the grace of God, I found favor, and you know the favor, you know, through a Guinean military, and the military then were very ruthless. They were killing men at the border uh, who were found to be rebels. Of course, I wasn't a rebel, but sometimes they would suspect you of being a rebel because you have scar wounds and things like that. If you come from a comeback, they'll kill you right at the border. But I God gave me a favor. There was this Guinean military guy who took me to the hospital. You know, he was he was ruthless, very ruthless. He was the most notorious, ruthless guy in the army, in the army at the border. But God gave me so much favor that instead of killing me, this guy took he put young men to young men together and took me to you know from village to village. This guy would run ahead, literally. He put me in a hammock with some young men, and he would literally run ahead, like an ambulance. Like, if you don't know, uh, in, in rural areas in Africa, where there are no 
ambulances, there are no cars. People use hammocks. You will use a hammock to take a sick person or someone who is pregnant, someone who is uh, critically ill. So they, this guy took the, they took the hammock and they put me in a hammock. This Guinean guy will run, this army guy will run, literally run ahead and recruit young, recruit young men to take me to the next level. When these guys come and the other guys have a fatigue, these other guys take me you know, just until he reached me at the hospital. So when I reached at the hospital, and yeah, it was even there, it was, it was through the grace of God because I never knew anybody in Guinea. They would have literally not treated me. They wouldn't have treated me. They wouldn't have given me no medical treatment. But God made it possible. I call that divine appointment in my book. Divine appointment. This lady, there was this lady from Liberia from our church who was, whose daughter had given birth that very night I was brought out of the hospital. So in the, in, during the day when the guy brought me and, do, and the Guinean soldier left that night, in the morning there was nobody to give an account. So this is the walk into my hospital, into the room, and say, I know this guy. And that's how the whole story changes. And they started to treat me, gave me. So I was treated in a clinic, um, in, a milit- in, a, uh, in a clinic uh, in, in Kwayama, Guinea, somewhere in Guinea called Kwayama. I was treated there. And, you know, it took some, it was a process as well. You know, when you look at, Matt, if you look at the story itself, I, would, I didn't get, you know, my treatment did not go too well, you know, if I was healed by God, if you, I'll give you a copy of my book. If you check that book, you'll find out that not only that the bullets that, sh- that was fired at me, the, sh- the shots, that was, not only that I wasn't bullet, that no bullet touched my life, I was cheated by God, but to be healed, God literally sent a pastor. It was an angel. I, I call it an angel, of course. Uh, angels come in different forms. I remember one day the guy who was treating me said, uh, the Guinean nurse who was treating me, he said, David, we don't know your, your souls are not curing. And, you know, I'm doing all I can do. I'm putting the right medicine, but it's not curing. And so I, and I just prayed to God and I said, God, you have started this good work with perfection. We'll bring it to a, a perfect completion. And to be honest with you, um, it did not take long. I saw this pastor in my dream. He opened my hospital room door and he came and woke me up removed the bandage on my back, on my neck, and put a white powder, a white powder on everywhere that I had souls. And then he put everything back after he got done, then he disappeared. Then, you know, and I began, after I woke, at that juncture, I just woke up and I began to praise God. It did not take long. My souls were curing. Wow. So that's, it was a long process, though. But in the end, God, you know, the goodness of God, the, the, the power of God was shown, yeah. Well, it's an amazing story of recovery after that horrific attack. Uh, I'd yeah, love right. to know the next part of the story. How, how did you get into ministry? You're the pastor at Lightstream Chapel in Liberia. How did you be, become a pastor? So basically, with all these things that happened in my life, God's sake, after I became wayward and on the street, and doing all sorts of things, all sorts of things, you know, God called me after I got, you know, then that was, I think that was for me, that was the beginning of my calling, you know, when I got healed. And then, then the biggest one was, you know, this one, this miraculous survival, this testimony I'm just sharing with you. That was, that was to me, that was, but prior to this testimony, prior to this encounter, I was already in ministry. I had already, you know, given my life to Christ. It was during the war. I was far from home, and I started to, you know, serve God. And I just, I began to sense um, the call of God over my life. But it was proving more. The state, you know, God made the statement even, even more, more. I began, I realized the calling of God that I had a calling over my life when I had this experience. Then at that juncture, you know, I just, just all and all along from 
from the age of 17 now, I've always, I'm for the, I'm for the three years now, but I've always served God. And I, in fact, we started when I got killed in Guinea. I was reconnected with my spiritual father. We started a couple of churches in Guinea. And, you know, then all, all since then I've been serving God. I've never turned my back on God. So that's, that's my story about ministry. David, I'm curious to know a bit about Liberia, the mix of Islam and Christianity. Uh, what's the percentage like? And, you know, is there a lot of danger there with the, the Muslims? Tell us a bit about what the lay of the land's like. So basically, um, the Christianity, Christianity, if you, many of you who know Liberia was founded by a free slave from America. Of course, they were native. I'm a, I'm a native and indigenous, but, are, but of course, the country was founded as a nation was founded by free slaves, you know, former slaves in the United States. And so these people were, some of them were already Christian. They brought Christianity. And, and, and so the Christian, the nation itself was founded on Christian principles. And so a good percentage of Liberians are Christians. Very good percentage. But, you know, it, it, again, religiosity plays a Mean a place a key factor in this. Some people say they are Christians, but in reality they are not. They sympathize with Christianity, but in reality they are not true Christians because they are not really living out for Christ. I know. I, I hope you know what I'm talking about. But mm. a lot of people, let me say, 85 percent or 80 percent of of Liberians will sympathize with Christianity. But out of that number, I would say, uh, I would say like 60 percent, maybe 60 percent are Christians, real mm. Christians. But others will sympathize. Then you have Muslims as well. The Muslim may be around 15, 20% of you know, our population as well. Mm. But there is a good percentage of, of Christians in Liberia. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful to hear your story. And I know that you've been out in Australia. What, what, what have you uh, enjoyed about our country? Have you, have you liked your time in, in Oz? Yeah, basically, I've enjoyed, um, you know, uh, you know, the, the country, this is the farthest I have come. Uh, like I mentioned to you the other day, Mark, this is the farthest I've traveled. Of course, the Bible says we should go into the world to the ends. I consider Australia the, the uttermost part of the earth for me that I have gone. I've never come anywhere far like this. And, and so, in all my travels around the world, you know, I travel to, the, to Europe and, and America quite often. And this is the farthest I've come. But I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed building relationships. And, um, um, you know, Australians are nice people, very warm people. I've been in Brisbane and I've been in, in Adelaide and, you know, it, it's been good too because, you know, part of the reason why I travel is to raise support for some of the things. I know you didn't ask this, but I, it is important that I mention this. Besides preaching the gospel, which is key, I find myself as a missionary, but I also build relationship and network, you know, to, 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 to help raise support for the kinds of things we're doing. Like we lead, it's a charity that we run that help take care of orphans and, you know, help support the churches that we are planting and also and also basically uh, the school, you know, and health programs we are running. Now we started a very big farm. And, you know, so it has been great building relationships. I've, you know, and all uh, people have been very warm. I've been finding a very, uh, very positive building relationship. So basically it has been good. Australians are warm, are very, very kind and good people. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, mate. And people want to find out more about Lightstream Chapel in Liberia. Is there a website they can look at? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, is uh, we we have we have we have a Facebook page that is Lightstream Solution Outreach Ministries. Then we also have Leap. You, if you go to Leap, Leap is our pro- is is the is the is the is the organization that do that we set up to do support all the all the things because we we do a lot of things. So Leap Leap dot org is L E A P. 
leap.org. So we also have livestreamsolutionoutreach.org. So there are two, we can get that, you know, so you can check on lead, our lead website. You can also check live stream solution. So our ministry is actually live stream solution average ministry. But for short, we always say uh, live stream chapel, especially for the church. But the live stream solution average ministry is a modern ministry that, 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 that oversee all of our ministry, talking about school, the live stream academy, we run a school up to 500 kids. And, uh, you know, the offense we take care of, and all these different, different things that we are involved with. Yeah. Well, David, it's been wonderful to hear your story today, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it being such an honor being on your show. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 